HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt, a man on a never-ending search for the perfect pizza. This show is the audio version of the Pizza Talk YouTube series, where I engage in interesting conversations with some of the country's greatest pizza makers and other artisans. Thanks for joining me on this quest. Welcome to Pizza Talk. I'm Peter Reinhardt, and I'm here today with my special co-host, Brian Spangler, who many of you know is one of our pizza Yodas. And uh, Brian, I'm going to let you introduce Lee Hunzinger, our guest, our guest of today, because you guys have an interesting connection. So Brian, why don't you, why don't you uh, set us up? Okay. Well, I, I met, found Lee on Instagram. Um, I don't know, it was probably four years ago. I was just scrolling through and I saw all this amazing work, uh, the strombolis, the pizza pops, uh, and uh, the Sicilian pizzas. So I reached out to him. Uh, I, I can't remember whether it was either Instagram or Facebook. And uh, just we, we just in, I introduced myself, and and I was like, "Would you fly out? If I flew you out to Portland, Oregon, would you come out here and show me some of your your tricks?" And uh, <laughs> so I bought him a plane ticket, and I love this. Put him up in an Airbnb, and we hung out for a whole week. And just, I actually, Brian, Brian, I had never met Brian before, and uh, he actually let me stay at his house the second time we came. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So it was, uh, that's right. You did stay in my house. That's right. That's right. Wow. Cool. Uh, Lee, if you can turn your volume up or, or speak closer to the computer, because I could I could barely hear you. But uh, okay, Brian, wait, let, go, go ahead and continue that intro. Yeah. Well, it was perfect timing because they just closed the original Zoli's. Uh, there was evidently some structural issues with the building, so he was kind of in limbo at that point, waiting. Um, so. Uh, flew him out, and we spent a whole week uh, playing around, just making all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, the the Strombolis, the Sicilians. He was having some problems with some of his formulas, so we re-engineered all the formulas. Um, 
And he showed me pizza pops and the garlic knots and a bunch of stuff I had never made before. And we just became instant friends. And uh, I just, what a talent he is. And uh, I've learned so much from him. And, uh, you know, he, what, it, Lee, you've been making pizza your entire life since you were, what, 13, 16 years old? 13, yeah. It's my, my 30, uh, 35th year of making pizza right now. Right. Right. I wasn't great. I wasn't really good at 13, but uh, my first yeah. piece is. Well, you just you just won the pan pizza division in Atlantic City. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Come along an amazing experience. Uh, just competing in general and, and all that stuff, and to actually to actually win it, it's still kind of surreal to me. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I've I've got one question just to get the ball rolling, and then Brian, you just keep uh, firing questions at, at Lee throughout as he uh, tells us his story. But Lee, like a lot of the people that we've interviewed on Pizza Talk. You're an East Coast guy who somehow now is living in the West. You're in Dallas, Texas, at, and your pizzeria is Zoli's. Um, how did you end up getting from the East Coast, and why from the East Coast? Why did you open in Texas? So it's a very interesting story. Uh, uh, when you grow up in New York, you don't ever say, hey, when I get old, I'm going to live in Texas. It just doesn't, it doesn't really work. <laughs> and, and, and to actually have – if somebody would have told me that when I was younger, I, I wouldn't have believed them. And nothing against Texas. I just, I didn't know anything about it. And, uh, it's on the other side of, uh, all the way south and, and out west here. But uh, I actually had a friend from New York. And uh, the interesting story is I, I was working, I had moved to Florida with, with a buddy of mine from New York that was opening a small deli slash pizzeria. Uh, and I wound up uh, working with another company about a year later. Uh, uh, him and I kind of separated and, and, and I went with this other company and they were from New York and then next door neighbor they, they had this pizzeria and very successful in Florida now they have a couple of locations down there Mezzaluna Pizzeria uh, their next door neighbor in New York had moved to Plano Texas and they wanted to open up pizzeria so I mean they were they were so tight with them he actually a good friend of mine Biddy Ferrari uh, and came to Florida to learn the business through you know, his, his old neighbors. And uh, I was managing that pizzeria at the time. So we became really good friends. Needless to say, uh, around the same age and a lot of the same interests, played a lot of sports, played a lot of Madden uh, on, on the PlayStation. But uh, we became really good friends. And, and the offer to come out to Dallas was there. And uh, I, want, I wound up coming out a couple of months after he was open. And I met, uh, I met Jay Jerrier uh, by randomly, who actually happens to be here today. Uh, support but uh but so i met jay and i uh i was out here for about two years i moved back home because i had a good friend that was opening a place in new york and i stayed in touch with jay and he would always at this point he had opened Kanye rosso very successfully and uh diners drive-ins and dives episode uh was filmed and uh long story short he was always thrown around the the idea of opening a new york style place and uh and he got serious, you know. We stayed in touch, uh, opened my friend's place very successfully, and uh, the offer came to, to move to Dallas and, and work with Connie Rose, the, the Zoli's menu, and he found the location and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, and I moved out here about almost nine years ago. Um, yeah. Connie Rosso is a well-known Dallas pizzeria, but was it did it start on the East Coast and go to Dallas, or did he open it in Dallas? So he opened in Dallas. Uh, Deep Ellum was the original location, uh, and then you know, still there. We have seven locations right now, uh, soon to be eight in Arlington, uh, right near Cowboy Stadium. So hopefully, uh, sometime next month, we'll be we'll be in there and cooking. 
So you're part of the Cane Rosso empire as well as, as Zoli's? Or Zoli's part of the overall? I'm the, I'm the head uh, pizza czar, as Jay, Jay says it, or the, the, the executive pizza I all love sometimes in my emails, you'll see it. But uh, So I oversee all the pizza and the, and the bread in the company uh, for like nine restaurants. So Zoli's is part of the Cane Rosso empire, so to speak. Uh, yes, yeah. I see. Uh, it was, the, the saying was when we opened up Zoli's was, uh, if you hate Connie Rosso, you'll love Zoli's. <laughs> you need to be educated on Neapolitan pizza, and, and Jay was making it authentic Neapolitan. As we know, it comes out of a 900-degree wood-fired oven, yeah. a lot of char on it, but it's not a crispy pizza. Uh, so, so some people were disappointed. Not many, because uh, they did very, very well. But some people were, and there are a lot of New Yorkers down here, as they're everywhere. Uh, everywhere I go, I seem to run into to a lot. And uh, at any rate, Soli's opened. And uh, this location here in Addison opened uh, a little over two years ago. Uh, and you know, with the pandemic now, uh, things are, are a little are a little crazy. But we're, we we haven't closed uh, here, so I mean that's it's, uh, we closed for a couple of days. But uh, uh, at any rate, uh, things are going well. I hope I hope he opens more. <laughs> so basically, you've got this uh, this Neapolitan you know series of restaurants, but you needed something that did a crisp New York style, and so you did Zoli's as sort of that other option. Crispy New York style, uh, you know, crispy round pies, square pies. We do uh, all kind of over the top type dishes. Uh, we have a cheeseburger on the menu that's always on the list of the best cheeseburgers in Dallas. Our uh, culinary who's actually holding my iPad right and now filming us. Uh, he came from uh, a restaurant group, uh, Steakhouses, uh, Burgers, a uh, big restaurant group here in Dallas. So uh, Burger was eventually going to hit the menu and it did very successfully. Uh, well, I know when, when Brian was telling me about, you know, the work that you guys did together, one of the things he was raving about, uh, and I'm a Philly boy where, you know, Stromboli's are one of the many great sandwiches that we know in Philly. He said, you've got, to, you've got to have him do his stromboli for you because it's not like any I've seen anywhere else. Um, so, Brian, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of some of the things you guys worked on together? Well, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a give and take. Uh, you know, I was interested in seeing how he was doing all this work, you know, the strombolis I was seeing on Instagram. And he needed some help with his formulas. So he was adding too much salt, which would, I remember, I think I remember correctly, he was adding so much salt that he had, had to keep adding more and more yeast. And we, we realized he was at 6% salt. And I was like, yeah. whoa, okay, let's, let's reel it back in. But the Red Bakers is watching right now is like going, oh my God. Right. Yeah. But uh, we got it all reeled in that week. Like, so it was, it was a great uh, relationship. And he shouldn't like the way he does his strombolis, and I, I don't know if we're doing that today, Lee. But um, and maybe we'll bring you back and do, do that another time. Is that he oh, have one made. Out paper thin on a on a stainless steel table with olive oil, like really paper thin, and then layers all the meats and cheeses, and and then basically rolls it, then pulls it back, rolls it, pulls it back, rolls it, pulls it back. So you're getting layers and layers and layers, almost like you would with uh, Ben Wasseret. Wow. Well, um, I don't know if you're planning to take us all through all the steps today, but I know you got a finished version there, Lee. So for those, and for those who aren't f as familiar as some of us are with Stromboli's, which is essentially, I always think of as, as a rolled up pizza. Uh, you want to, you want to show us the finished or do you want to, uh, are you planning to kind of walk us through the steps? 
Uh, well, I had a serrated knife here. Which I All right. Well, you got a serrated knife, then we've got to start cutting. <laughs> we got to I made it a little earlier. Uh, it's still warm now. Uh, I score the top of it. Uh, it's rolled dough, as you can see, the bottom uh, too, as well. Layered meats. Uh, would you like me to cut into it now? Sure. And uh, you know that just right from from the outside looks like just a big, large loaf of Italian bread, but exactly. when you so cut it, test. you can tell us everything that's inside it. There we go. That's All a, right. There it is. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like, like a tiny bread. I guess the, the sesame seeds aren't so traditional. Uh, if there is the traditional stromboli, I, I like sesame seeds. There are a lot of jokes in, in the company I work for that I've got seeds on everything. A good friend of mine, Gino Rago uh, in Chicago, uh, likes to dig on me with the seeds and food and hard, of course. Uh, that toasted sesame flavor of hard bread today is uh, it's one of my favorite things. That, so Audrey Sherman does sesame seeds on her on her uh, grandma pie too. It's kind of like oh. becoming a big thing. Very nice. As you can see the cross section here, I'll get this one here. So you can see the layers of dough. It's almost, uh, you know, it, rather than a traditional just fold over, like Brian was saying, I, I try to get a couple of rotations with thin dough uh, once I have it where I want it on, on the table. And we'll get into that a little later. But uh, that gives it almost like a croissant type effect to the top yeah. of the dough that wraps around it like yeah. that. With pizza dough, of course. And uh, in this one, I put uh, pepperoni, uh, Genoa salami, hot sopressata, uh, house or house-made sausage, and uh, ham. Oh boy, that sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like a hoagie, basically. Ham, salami, pepperoni, <laughs> sausage, and hot sopressata. So it's just a little more meats than your average uh, stromboli, if you would. But the flavor is something about the way it bakes in, in, inside like that, too. I, I make different kinds, like all vegetable strombolis. Uh, uh, you know, I started making this something similar years ago at a place called Grelli's uh, Pizza Gourmet in, in Farmingdale. Uh, it's actually, it was Melville, the big corporate uh, power lunch crowd type area. And we would make different kinds. We had an eggplant, spinach, roasted peppers. We had a uh, sausage pepperoni. Uh, we have meatball, onion, mozzarella, garlic, all kinds of different combinations kind of rolled up like this and, and the flavors that, that come when they cook together and kind of mesh like that. Uh, added with dough and a little toasted sesame flavor. To me, uh, I always like making what I like to eat. And, uh, you know, I used to be a little heavier. I love to eat. And, and, uh, so hey, what, uh, what kind of cheese do you use in that? Uh, whole milk mozzarella. So we, mozzarella. we actually... I put, I put a shredded mozzarella, uh, as most ingredients in, in here are, are sliced. Even our, our sausage is, is sliced, uh, so they lay a little flatter. The reason why I don't use sliced mozzarella is because sometimes when you're actually rolling it up, it could be, it, it, it could not roll as, as even. Uh, using the shredded allows it to mesh and form in spots that would be a little thinner. It kind of goes to those spots. And as you can see, I can get it nice, super, Super even, the length of it. And another key is too, is not having that big dough at the end, like that big hunk of dough. Uh, growing up, you know, calzones, strombolis, if, if, if I ordered out and they weren't mine, I was always, I would seem to be a little disappointed because the product would all be in the center and you'd be left with all this dough on the outside, uh, which is great to dip in sauce sometimes. Uh, it's a little tricky getting that cooked. So another big thing with this, with this strombolis product going, Pretty much to the end. 
Hey Lee, would you mind get doing another close up of the of the inside of that so so that people can Absolutely. really see what it's like? Yeah, holy cow! I know. Just seeing it is getting me very very hungry, and I'm bringing back all my Philly ham, silverstein. You know, it's, it's, there's actually basil in there too, which I put oh, yeah. a good amount so that it would be. Uh, and I, I like the visual of a nice nice green in there as well. Somehow I can see what Ryan was talking about too with the layers, the almost yeah. croissant or phyllo type layers of the of the or surrounding it yeah and because the way he does that it keeps the outside of that crust super crispy because you get that kind of like corrugation with the that you would have with a croissant yeah and oh man it's it's the best gramboli i've ever had it's man and brian brian's first one he made was perfect by the way too so oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well Nearly when we made them, and uh, you know, we ate a lot of them too. But we had made how many of these? Do you, how many a day do you sell of these, Lee? These typically we, we've run as a special uh, because they're tougher on the bill side. I, I do an oil base on them as opposed to some people I know like use flour uh, to stretch it. The oil base enables me to stretch the dough, dough and keep it exactly where I want on the table. On on, on busy nights, it, it's tough to have a spot that you're donating just just to an oil base or or can get cleaned up from flour Super Bowl and Christmas, he makes the strombolis into a football shape and a Christmas wreath. <laughs> Sounds Seriously. good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, just watch seeing that just gets me very excited. Uh, and especially, you know, again, that the layers that you get, you don't see that. This is like not your typical stromboli, but maybe for those who are already doing strombolis in your places, you can pick up some tips from this. And uh, what we'll do is, is uh, we'll take a break and when we come back, Lee, are you gonna, you're going to show us uh, your Sicilian, right? Uh, I was planning on, yeah, the Sicilian. Okay, because I know Brian, that was another thing that Brian told me about. He said, when we do, when we interview Lee, we've got to get him to show us his Sicilian because he's, just like you're doing with the Stromboli, you're doing something that sets yours apart from others. So come back. We're with Lee Hunziger, Zoli's Pizza in, in uh, just out in Dallas. You're outside of Dallas. you got a couple locations of Zoli's, plus the Kame Rosso you know, uh, Neapolitan Empire, you're all part of one big group, uh, and you're the pizza czar. Great to, great to have you on Pizza Talk. Brian, thanks for also for bringing Lee to us. And we'll see you in part two, and we're going to learn all about Lee's Sicilian. See you soon. Stick around for more Pizza Quest after a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush green hills of Wisconsin bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on 
old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheese making craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Well, we're here on Pizza Talk with Lee Hunzinger, Brian Spangler. Uh, in our last episode, Lee showed us a Stromboli, a finished version. He's going to show us now uh, very quickly how he actually makes that thin lamination rollout. So, Lee, take it away. All right. So, I'm going to make a Stromboli uh, sometime, like Brian was talking about, you make them cheap hand size. Today, we're actually going to do something a little bit smaller. It's about about 10, 10, 12 inches uh, of that. We're going to, uh, so, so I put a little olive oil down on the table here. Olive oil, blended oil, any kind of oil uh, works. I don't put a lot simply because when I put the dough down, I, I kind of want it to stay where I'm, where I'm stretching it. Uh, the glute is going to kind of pull back on it. If it's a little too much oil, it does exactly that. kind of pulls back. Yeah. Find that happy, happy medium. And I love seeing that technique because I'm a big fan of what I call the oil slick method also for rolling out as opposed to flour dusting uh, because it does give you some other options. And I'm glad to see, you know, somebody in the professional community actually doing it that way. Yeah. So, you know, and I'll, I'll explain more as I go along too. Uh, when I taught this to, to some other people, a rolling pin uh, works really well. I'm not going to use one today, but uh, feel more comfortable with a rolling pin getting the dough even. Uh, okay. I wouldn't recommend necessarily pressing it all the way out, pushing all that air out of the dough. Uh, but any any kind of shortcut uh, sometimes you know, sometimes will won't help the final product. Uh, in in this case, it, it works. I try to just use it on the end when I'm showing people. Uh, like I said, we're not we're not going to use it today. You don't need to. Use it, so, uh, but if, if you are having trouble getting it even, roll it in. Those at home then try it out, roll it in. Uh, so I like to use the smooth part of the dough down on the table. As you can see, I, I opened it up. This is a 390 gram dough ball. I'm okay. gonna eat for this one here, I'm gonna just put a touch more bait, uh, oil down. And I'm gonna start opening up my dough. I'm gonna flip it back and forth, try and get it as even as I can. The dough wants to stay in these areas here because it's brown. So I'm just pulling it out. Pressing down, focusing on those areas. Okay, and I'm gonna flip yeah. back in a hot second here. Now, when I make this, I try and get where I'm laying my meats at the bottom of it. Okay, when it, before I actually roll it up, I like to keep that a little bit thicker, uh, simply to hold to hold the product and get that initial initial roll with the struggle. And then I'll, I'll stretch the dough out super thin. So this part up top. I'm Worried about it so much being thin as you can see this area here. Just as yeah. long as that gets nice and even when it's all said and done. Once I again, love the space where you put it. <laughs> I'm focusing on on these parts here. Like I said, I, for me, I, there's nothing worse than a stromboli or, or a calzone when you had all bread on the end of it. I know some people like it. Maybe you dip the sauce in, but for me, it was all about the meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and having every bite have pieces of the, the exactly. filling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and you know, just have a consistent product throughout, whether it's whether you're cutting it to the center. I do like the end of it because the cheese will kind of uh, creep out a little bit. Yeah. And as you see, like when I make it, I don't actually close the ends of it completely. I'll leave them a little open so that it breathes. 
and then and then we'll score the top of it for that same for that same as well. It's giving it a nice look with the score top. It also enables it to cook a little more on the door for that heat to get to the inside. And for those of okay. you who think in terms of ounces, that's about just under 14 ounces of dough. Yeah. So we're gonna come, like I said, it's about 12 inches this one is. Okay. We're right there. Okay. Now, good. a lot of dough wants to stay here, so I'm kind of pushing that, pushing it back. This way, I got it nice, nice and level. You'll notice it a little bit thicker here than at the top. I'm just going to start to, to speed things up a little bit. I'm going to start that point here. You get a little hold on while you're about it. Pack it right up easily. So I'm going to lay it down by hand first. I always like, like rather than putting cheese first, cheese as density, if you score the top, it'll, it'll bleed out of, out of the stromboli. Uh, the, the flattest meat that I'll put on here is the ham. I try to put two, that, this is the only one where I'll actually put two, uh, the only meat that I'll actually put two, let, I'll, I'll come double layer of it, because I want that ham to come around the whole, the whole stromboli. Got it. Full wrap with the dough. I like that idea too. That it, it, the the ham acts as a barrier in case exactly. any cheese, you don't want the cheese melting out, so this protects it. I make a, a vegetable uh, stromboli. It's pretty popular, and I do the same thing with the eggplant. It's not sure I'll put it on and kind of keep things together in there. Uh, I'll put another. Just filling my gaps here. Two, one. Now between each layer, I'm going to put just a little bit of shredded mozzarella cheese. Rather than putting a bunch in the center of it or, or, or all of it at one time, I'm just going to put a little bit between each layer. Like I, I did think that's, that's a great technique because uh, I remember Nancy Silverton was telling us that in her sandwiches, you know, that it's so important to have spacing between the meats and the cheeses and all so that air is part mm -hmm. of one of the ingredients. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, as you can see in the one that I made earlier, too, it's all about that air inside. Uh, you know, yeah. Actively a little tighter, but you, you can see you can yeah. see all the layers. It opens up the flavors, yeah. Yep. For sure. So uh, not not traditional. I know a lot of Stromboli's growing up didn't have hot soprasada in them. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're fortunate enough to use it here. Uh, so uh, Connie Rosso, our wood fire Neapolitan, we, we use a lot of hot soprasada. Why not? So we're fortunate enough uh, uh, to, to bring it into Zoli's here, and, and you don't see a lot of it. Uh, or I, I didn't see a lot of it growing up first time I actually worked with it but it, it just I, I think it takes this stromboli to another level it, it, it besides the flavor it's a little bit of heat yeah kind of get over the edge as, as Jay was I know in uh, in a Philadelphia hoagie a lot of times they'll use uh, capicola for that for that particular ingredient Love capicola. yeah I mean anything goes as far as something like this if, if capicola is what you like I, I recommend using that for sure uh, I love the sopressata. I love the colors that it brings to it too. It has that that pretty vibrant red. Uh, right. You know, a lot of my, my cooking too. I'm looking for all the colors to make things pop. Uh, as we know, presentation is is a big part of what we do as well as obviously the taste. But a lot of times, if it looks good, it's got a good chance of uh, tasting good as well. I put a little more cheese on there, just a tiny bit. Uh, I'm put some Genoa salami now. <laughs> After the soap okay. and solder. For meats happening here. This is Yeah. This is great. It's meat as you this want to. Meat I kind of let them, let them overlap a little bit. Beautiful. Let's go. 
I was going to say, I'll bet another layer of cheese is coming. Tiny bit, exactly. It adds up, though, each layer. Whole basil leaves, roll them right in there. Basil is one of those things, for me, I can never have too much of it. I love it. Right. I had actually put a good amount in that first one that we were showing there. and It kind of gets lost in there visually sometimes, but uh, the flavor, as we know, is fantastic. Nice. I'm not going to put cheese in this layer. It's just, uh, just a little basil. I'm going to put uh, a little, little of our house sausage here. Uh, well, now, we got, now we're at the four meats. Yeah. He's not stingy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm going to put some pepperoni last. Five meats. <laughs> <laughs> so many meats. We use... Here it's always we use Ezo pepperoni. Ezo, yeah, Ezo is becoming a hot brand. Uh, it seems like the, pep the pepperoni game has really kicked up in the last couple of years. It seems like pepperoni went from being sort of like sort of a taken for granted ingredient to being a artisan ingredient. Yeah, hormel used to be kind of the standard back in the day. <clears throat> now, you know, and and it wasn't bad. It's not still not bad hormel, but, sure. but now, but now these. Uh, these guys who are experts at Salome's are, are adding this to the repertoire. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of new companies. My, my old standard back in the day was uh, Molinari from oh, yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. And then I, and uh, finally Izo, Darren, who I've become good friends with, he started distributing out here on the West Coast and uh, amazing product and amazing person. So I know. And uh, at the Pizza Expos, Darren and his brother, they, uh, they've just made such a strong presence there. And, and uh, I even have my Ezo hat hanging up, you know, in the, uh, in the next room. Uh, because I like one. You just sent it to me the other day. Uh, yeah, they've just done a phenomenal job of taking a, you know, a three-generation company and bringing it into modern times and upping everybody's game. Oh. Right, so now, now I'm going to roll up the strobo. I got my pepperoni, so I have, I have right. ham. Uh, hot soppressata, general salami, some of our uh, house sausage, and uh, that could ease pepperoni on there as well. We before, you start, of, before you uh, start rolling, can I ask you a question? Um, do you ever use uh, fresh tomatoes or fresh onions on this, like you would say in a hoagie? What was that? Do you ever use uh, fresh tomatoes or fresh onions like a hoagie? Oh, in the show? Sure. No, I, I've made I've made strombolis that were uh, uh, like Big Mac. You know, yeah. we, we've gotten funky, and, and I'm making pizza. So uh, there's no limitations. Downtime, no, no limits. Uh, we, we, we're working on a Philly cheesesteak from Oli right now. Uh, things like that. Yeah, literally any, anything you put in there. Um, I, I just have, I just like the the uh, contrast, the flavors from when you get a little tomato, and also the crunch mm -hmm. of an onion that seems to awesome. help. Yeah, just wondering. Yeah, no, we, we like I said, anything goes with strombolis, and what I'm making now is just a, a meat stromboli. Okay. Uh, heavy on the meat, of course, but uh, you, you, can, you can literally make any any type of sandwich or stromboli. Uh, Got it. What was that, Brian? Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, the only thing I would have done different is get rid of that ham and use mortadella. Mortadella <laughs> <laughs> is great, yeah. Mortadella, yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Brian's the one up right here. Or, or <laughs> keep the ham, but, but add the mortadella and make it a six-speed. <laughs> All right. So show us now the rolling technique. This is where you really separate from the crowd. 
Okay. So it's all about that first fold. Okay. So as you can see, I'm pulling the dough out a little bit. I'm going to pull it the whole length of this stromboli, just a tidy bit, a little bit. If you remember, I left this part just a little thicker than yeah. the top here at the bottom. Yeah. So now I'll pull this out a little bit, and I'm just coming, pressing to the other side. In here, pressing. And kind of stretching. It, it doesn't have to necessarily stick, or I don't have to worry about it ripping so much, too. Huh? It's going to eventually when I come back around. Just kind of forming it, getting that in. Now with the first roll, I like to kind of bolt the corner like this. I'm not coming in with a lot of dough. I'm actually coming up. Yeah. Uh, but you're sealing it. Yeah. Yeah. Same deal with this side. I'm coming up. Now with the, I'm going to push all these toppings in. Kind of come in. And I'm going to follow suit around the length of the stromboli, kind of hitting this corner here. You know, when Brian I'm not, was, worried, uh, I'm not uh, worried about the ends closing because I, I do wind up trimming it and leaving it open a little bit on purpose. Yeah. So, but th this is just to get it, I guess, a little bit more even uh, without doing that. Sometimes when I fold it, cheese will start leaking out. It's yeah. a little tighter. So now I, I've got that initial fold. Like Brian was talking about earlier. So once I get that initial fold, okay, now I'm actually pulling the dough back, coming back to the same size that I was, right? So with that same dough. Which makes it thinner. Yeah, again. Which makes it thinner. Uh, when Brian was telling me about this, when he saw this technique, and the description of it got me very excited. Now that I'm seeing you do it, every time you stretch it and roll it, I get even more excited because I, <laughs> I can anticipate how cool this is going to be when it all comes together. Oh, it's so good. So now, you, you know, you're pulling back. All right, I'm stretching that dough. Doing the same thing like I did. Now I don't have to bolt the, the ends as much. Yeah. If you keep doing that, you want to win end up with this more like a mushroom cap on the end with a lot of dough. So I've got it where I want it. So I'm just going with another rotation. Uh, now I'm keeping in mind that, that initial fold, okay, where, where, where I turned the first punch, I want that to be the top of my dough, right? I want it to be a little, little bit thicker on the top. I'm going to score that part. Uh, right. That's right. You saw this, those cut marks uh, on your early, on the finished so version. Through all these rotations, I'm, I'm kind of keeping, keeping my mind with, knowing which, which spot is going to wind up being shot. It's right here. And would you say, uh, Lee, that because you use that light oil rub on the bench, that that oil is helping to keep those layers separate? Uh, it's definitely helping it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because we saw that. Oh, it's, it's helping that this dough stick to the table and not move, right? Whereas if I have flour, it would be sliding right now. And, and you can see I'm pulling it so thin, it's... it's you can see my hands and my gloves yeah. throwing. Well, like yeah. If you have something like this where it's a little too thin in that one spot, I can just kind of cheat a little bit. Now, I want to finish. I'm going to wind up having one more full rotation with this, uh, with this ending up with my top. Pull back once again. Coming. That half rotation. Now, this is where I, I could have this be the bottom, or you could simply. Just kind of trim it. I, I like to keep all the dough in in the stromboli, but if you're left with it a little bit thicker, you could either tuck it underneath or just kind of kind of trim it up a little bit. Okay. Now this part that's the bottom, oh, it's the top, and that's it. I would oh. pinch these corners just a little bit. And the same oh. deal. I, you could see product right right on the inside of this thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm just trimming up the dough a little bit. 
keeping it open, as you can see there. Same deal on the other side. Now you can, you can play, play with it a little bit. If you have one side that's a little thicker, you can kind of pull it. This one's pretty even. I got lucky. It's not my first stromboli. So yeah, right. <laughs> this is not your first stromboli rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> what temperature now, do you uh, bake them at, Lee? So these are baked at, at 500. Well, pizza master, I, I had opted to make a Sicilian pie, but I actually lowered a little bit here. Uh, about 500 degrees for about, about 15 minutes. Uh, 15 minutes. Well. Get the seeds. Now, that's another tricky part, like the, the seeds and the seasonings that I like to put on the top of the crust. Uh, if you're one of those people that, that's very traditional, of course, you could just score it and roll with it like that. But, but I like to use a little bit of egg wash. This has one yolk in it. Uh, six egg, egg whites. So the egg white, the egg wash helps to hold the seeds on, I guess. Exactly. And shine it up. Well, it gives it a nice shine, and it, and it acts like a glue to the seeds and the other spices on the foot. I'm actually hitting the side of this thing. Yeah. Have a black pear like this, it's still going to release, uh, even if you get a little bit on, on the bottom. And then I've got my sesame seeds here. So I'm actually going to hit my hand on purpose so that I get it on the side. Because one thing I hate it. Uh, growing up, even though I made a lot of pizza, I would go out to eat a lot of pizza too. And uh, it's one thing getting seeds on the top, but I love when they're on the side as well. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll actually hit my hand so that it bounces off my hand and it hits the side. <laughs> now I'm going to come this way and do the same exact thing. That's a good technique, yeah. So now I really don't need much, but just a tiny bit in the middle here. Okay. I always like putting a little Italian spice on as well. Uh, so this is just a, it's a mixture of uh, uh, kosher salt and a little Italian seasoning. And kind of just very light sprinkling. I don't want to overdo it because, as we know, a lot of these cured meats have, have a lot of salt on them. This is the everything and, and bagel version of a stromboli. We actually have an every, everything bagel crust as well uh, <laughs> uh, that we do here at Zoli's for a couple of pies. But, uh, and then I put a little parsley because it color, flavor, kind of makes it pop a little bit. Nice. And then scoring the top. I like to use a serrated knife like this. Or it comes straight across. I'm going to hold it at a bias. I'm going to come across my hand. How deep are you going? Just through the top layer or do you go into just, the meat? Just through the top layer. Uh -huh. So you can actually see the meats through just it. Just see the meat. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And that's it. Pop it in the oven. Pop it in the oven. And then, so you've got about 15 minutes and let, and then pop it in and then show us the, uh, the finished version that you showed us in the last episode so we can see, cause we we're running out of time here. So we want to see, you know, what, what happens when they come, what they look like when they come out. Okay. So the finished product. Yeah. Remember like we that. got that in the last episode was, so another, um, return to the to the inside and you can again see the layering through that that roll up that thin roll up uh you can actually see it separate almost like a croissant and uh or a strudel i think the strudel is another analogy for what this could be plus yeah. all that that seed the seeds on top um 
This is the Zoli Stromboli created by Lee Hunzinger. And, uh, and thank you so much for showing this to us. Brian, thank you for telling me to ask Lee to do this for us because uh, you brought it to my attention and you got my juices going here because now I want to get on a plane and either come down to Dallas or go to Philly and get myself a real Stromboli. Lee, thanks so much. And we're going to see you in another episode. You're going to show us how to make your, your famous Sicilian pie. So, or your square. So, thank you so much. What's that? He won, he, he won the, the, the pan division at uh, in Atlantic City. So I wasn't kidding when I said famous because you, this is an award-winning yep. uh, Sicilian. Of course, Sicilian made by a New Yorker living now in Texas. So we're all over the globe. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. We'll be right back with more Pizza Quest right after this break. Hunziger at, at Zoli's, uh, and in this episode, he's going to show us his award-winning Sicilian. I'm with Brian Spangler of A Piece of Shoals in Portland, Oregon, who uh, is a good friend of Lee's, and Lee, I just want you to take it away and show us how you do it. Okay. So I actually have, uh, I have one of the pies actually baking right now, so uh, in the middle of this, I got I to gotta kind of go tend to it. But uh, the name of the pie is actually the, the dope soap. It was the Caputo Cup winner this year. So on the build side, it has some hot soap brasada. Uh, basically, it's Italian pie with hot soap brasada oh. as it's almost done here. We're, so we're going to let it go over another two minutes. So, yes, yeah, short for soap brasada. Got it. And uh, when it's finished, it'll, it'll get some uh, whipped regatta. Uh, hot soprasada marmalade, so we'll make a jam of the soprasada. Nice. And, uh, yeah, which is a real cool post-oven type topping and uh, just some fresh basil on there. So it's like soprasada two ways. Like, you get to, it, it, when, when soprasada bakes on, on a pie, that, that flavor kind of concentrates uh, the saltiness and, 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 you know, a little bit of heat as well and that, that great uh, cured salami, spicy salami type flavor. And, uh, then the jam is on the sweeter side, so so it's all sweet, and then and the uh, the regatta kind of cools things off. Uh, I have a Sicilian pie that I made a little earlier here, kind of finished. Uh, this okay. is just our straight straight pie, which we have in the, our plain cheese, which is actually called the Spangler. It's an ode to to Brian. Yes, our our both our round and and square cheese pies are uh, are called the Spangler, named after Brian. Uh, and now, what did Brian very do to earn this honor? I, I've always wanted to go in a restaurant and put my name on the wall as like one of the dishes, but I didn't ever have it. But how did you get one? So my, my higher learning on dough, like pre-ferments, stretch and folds, uh, was through Brian. And, and when I first met Brian, I had, well, right before I had met Brian, and, and he told his side of the story, but I didn't kind of tell mine, was like, I had just seen a, an episode on TV where it was, uh, 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 pizza paradise i believe it was the travel channel or 
Uh, and it was uh, uh, four different or five different pizzerias across the nation. Uh, some some real uh, incredible pizza uh, on that show. And and Brian's segment, uh, he was talking about dough, and and you know he had a, a batch of dough mixing, and he says not that people don't know uh, how to make dough, they don't know what's happening. And he basically described me. He's like, I always made really good dough, but I really didn't know what was going on. You know, <laughs> I knew what I had to put in there. Uh, but but Brian broke things down, uh, and for me, put things in layman's terms as well. Uh, and and for me, it's been uh, like an addiction. You know, pre-ferments and, and stretch and folds, and and it's what we do with our dough here. Uh, I have some square pie dough here. That's, By the way, that's actually going to be that, that ability that Brian has to do that is one of the reasons why he is one of our pizza yodis that we that we feature regularly here on on Pizza Talk because uh, you know he understands both the craft and the science. Yes, and and I I was fortunate enough to have Brian, uh, you know, contact me like like he said, and and he was interested in learning Sicilians. And uh, let me just grab a pan real quick. Sorry, guys. Oh, I'm so yeah, happy. I, I was fortunate to have re reach out to me, and uh, and my gosh, has it changed my life? You know, it was at the perfect time uh, when I met him, and uh, I am I'm real grateful because not only did I learn about Dell, uh, Brian is a mentor to me in many ways. Uh, he's a great friend; he's always there for me, and like a brother. You know, I have two brothers, and I have three now actually with Brian. So uh, nice. I love him to death. Love you, man. And I can't thank him enough for, for what he's done for me and, and, and pizza. If I, if I somehow help him, to help, help him out, uh, that's that's amazing. Because, well, we're going to have to change the title of this episode and call it the bromance episode. The bromance, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, a lot of people ask me, be like, hey, you know, how'd you meet Brian? And uh, honestly, the, the story is, is really cool. And, and I mean, we hit it off right from the get-go. You know, and we talk every week, if not a couple of times a week, just saying hello and seeing what's happening. So uh, it's a friendship that I uh, that I cherish. You know, is that a good, one of the Spangler pies right in front of you? Then the one you just pulled out is that what you would call a Spangler? So no, well, this is our. It just has right now is a Spangler with sopressata. So it's our our plain cheese Sicilian pie uh, with added sopressata on there as well. Uh, so when I'm, people I'm gonna come to Zoli's, uh, when they went the, what we would call in the East a Sicilian style, they ask for the Spangler, and then they put, then they can top it with other things. Yeah, he calls it the Spangler because my favorite pizza is just a plain cheese pizza. So uh, at, at Zoli's, whether it be a square or a round, um, and I feel honored to be on their menu, their cheese pizza is called Spangler. And then you can add whatever you want on top of Spangler. Got it. Spangler Plus. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we, we have a, on our menu all, a list of specialty pizzas, and uh, uh, they're all offered on a round or a square pie, round being 14-inch, uh, square 12 by 12. So our plain cheese is, uh, whether it's round or square, is the Spangler. Uh, nice. You know. Nice. Yeah. So, so you just want a pepperoni pie, it'd be a Spangler or a pepperoni. <laughs> So, uh, so, so you, you have a par bake? Is that do you use a par bake crust when you make your spangler? So I, uh, I, I do. I have one here. I wanted to show you too. So what we do is we, we stretch out the dough about four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, and then we let it proof overnight at room temperature. Wow! Uh, and you can see the bottom. So when we come when we come in in the morning, God willing, uh, 
the dough is, we, we have each one individually wrapped, plastic wrapped, and we have them stacked in, in, uh, in big, big stacks like that. And so, uh, well, like I said, it, it's, it's has plastic wrap on it. And, and if that dough is kissing it, we'll, we'll, they're ready to cook off. Once our ovens come to temp, we bake them off in the morning and, uh, you know, we're ready to rock. Uh, okay. We do a higher temp for our par bake. We par bake at about 650, which is higher than, you know, uh, I know a lot of people are, are using uh, with, with some bottom heat too, a little more bottom heat than top, just to get that oven spray. Our yeah. final bake is, is at about 540 uh, for about 12 minutes. So uh, it's super light and airy in the middle. And, and you know, these dough balls, they, they, they look really big, but, I mean, as you can see here, it's a, just it's a lot of air in them with the stretch and folds and yeah. uh these are only 550 grams each so okay. it's roughly a little, little less than four grams per square inch on our square but we get a lot of we get a lot of action uh through fermentation and flavor of course so we're now, talking about almost 19 and a half ounces of dough and but basically what i'm doing is when he says grams uh, being a, a person who kind of thinks both grams and ounces i want to hear ounces so i divide it by 28.35 the number of uh, grams, and that gives me the, the same number in ounces. Nice. So, are you still using mashed potatoes in that dough? So we, we don't we don't do that here. Uh, for, for the competition at the Budo Cup, I put ten uh, percent. I used uh, roasted Yukon Gold potatoes uh, that was in the dough. So uh, wow, it, it's we don't do it for our everyday. We actually make one dough here. We don't make a separate Sicilian dough. We have one dough that. Is for our round pies, for our square pies, for our garlic knots, for our stromboli. Uh, it's a bread dough recipe, so it's pretty. It's pretty ambidextrous, I guess, if we could say, or, or one uh, size versatile. Versatile. Yeah, it's, it's Were one you able to ride that uh, Caputo Cup victory to Italy? Did it take you to Italy to compete over there? Uh, I had plans to. Unfortunately, it was canceled oh, due to COVID. Was uh, I was going to compete in uh, Naples, so I had everything kind of locked in for that and. Uh, I was selected to the World Pizza Champions team, uh, Tony Gimignani's team, uh, which is the jacket I'm wearing now. So it's the first time I'm actually wearing this, so it feels pretty cool. Uh, dream of mine. Oh, Tony. Definitely a dream come true. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's amazing. And I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of the team members and, and spending time with them and, and traveling, competing. So uh, will this really this year carry over then to next year's competition when they, re when they bring it back? Will, will you be able to, to uh, go over and compete with this pie then? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Whatever the next one is, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely in. Well, we, we're, we want to follow that. When you get over there, we want to hear how you're doing and get you oh, back yeah. on. Tell us how it went. I would love that. So, so let's go back to your pie. Can, uh, is there more that you want to show us about assembling? So, uh, yeah. Well, why don't we do the build, and then, and then I'll come back and do the finish on, on the dope soap. So on, on the build side, as you can see, I have my par bake here. Uh, a little light. We, we oil the pan with a little olive oil. Not much. As you can see, this isn't a pop puddle of olive oil. And, and I don't like to have uh, really a greasy pie. We do want it to be nice and crispy. And right. we don't want it to necessarily deep fry in the pan. So just a little bit. Uh, and then on the top, we, we, when we stretch them out, and I actually stretched out some earlier this morning to show you. So we'll stretch them into the pan. And as you can see, I got a clear plastic wrap on there. Uh, with space for it to rise. But we brush pizza sauce on the top of it rather than putting a full ladle on there. Uh, I like having sauce on it. Most of our pies do have sauce, and, and it helps the sauce uh, on the build. It helps it mesh with the pizza a lot better. Uh, 
uh, as well as when it comes to the par bake, that plastic wrap is coming off. It's going directly to the oven as opposed to trying to put sauce on it where it's super risen and tender uh, and, and risk, you know, denting it or, or it deflating or something like that with all that air. Got it. Uh, so, so on the build side, uh, our red sauce pies, we use whole milk shredded mutts. So I have some here. And we use Stanislaus tomatoes with just some fresh herbs in there. I use three three ounces we'll kind of put on the bottom. This is a 12 by 12 square pie. And you can see some of the some of the herbs a little chunky in there. Uh, so I won't come flush with the sauce. I'll leave about an inch around the around the outside. The reason being is I, I I'll, I'll put mozzarella directly and it'll be flushed to the edge and hopefully have some creep into the side to get like sort of a frico crust. Uh, when sauce get creeps in there, uh, in my experience, it kind of burns a little bit. Uh, and when cheese gets in there, it's, it's all good. So we, we like to leave a little space, not too much. And then with the cheese, I'll go directly to the side of the pan. Now, as you could, you saw on the other one here, when I stretch them, there's a there's a thin crust on the uh, around the outside that I would I kind of pull up, but not a lot. And and the reason being, when it does rise up, I don't I don't have that lift of a crust here. Uh, it's a matter of preference. Some people like it. For me, I, I, I'd rather have something that was completely level and then go flush with the cheese. So that that was our goal here with Zoli's, is to not necessarily a frito crust, but uh, cheese does creep around the edge. Yeah, uh, that that's that's what we want. So I'll come flush with the cheese. You know, and with this cheese, we don't go heavy. I have some guys that'll go a little bit heavier, and, and we like to be able, when the pie is actually cooked, to still see some of the red in there as well uh, and just create that balance with cheese and sauce. So I have some shredded cheese on after my sauce, and then we put sauce on top of the pie as well. Oh. Like so. And I'll, I'll go around the, the outside of it and just put little – maybe about a quarter of an ounce kind of blotches around the pie. Interesting. And the reason why we use, I mean, one of the reasons why using, we use shredded is this sauce kind of stays where it is uh, on the pie. Yeah. This it, is if I use sliced cheese on there, it would kind of slide uh, to the lowest part, kind of, kind of sink in there. Uh, with shredded cheese, it kind of, kind of sticks right where it is. But we, it, what I like in a Sicilian pie, I always like the saucy pie. Uh, there was a place on Long Island uh, growing up that, I mean, I would go on my days off to get their marinara pizza because it was fantastic. And uh, I just like Remember the name? Pizza. You want to give them a shout out? Uh, it's, it was called Emilio's in Comac. And, right. and a buddy of mine and I, we, we would go and I, I don't know, I don't even know if they're still open. I think they are. Anybody's uh, watching this who's been to Emilio's, write to us at, at write to me at peter at pizzaquest.com and let me know. But they're, they're Sicilian with, uh, you know, and that pizza was good. The food was really good. Uh, you know, I've gone there a bunch of times and sat down. But we would go for that marinara pie and simple red sauce, a little bit of garlic, had some Parmesan on there or Reggiano or, or Pecorino yeah. and fresh basil. Uh, so good. So good. Uh, they used a really good plum tomato on there. So for me, I, I something that has a lot of dough in it, I, I, I always think that it should have proper amount of sauce to, to attain that balance. Uh, for me, there's nothing worse than and a dry Sicilian where you're just tasting the dough and, and yeah. you know, finding that balance is, is very important in, in any pizza, really. Uh, so this, this would be my build right here. 
yep. for the dope soap, we, we put a little hot soap or soda on there. And we'll take whole you pieces. You love that soap or soda, of, don't you? I do. I do. Is that the Maestro? It's good stuff. Like I said, I, we, didn't, we didn't use it growing up. This is the Maestro brand as well. Uh, Calabrese. So, uh, yeah, a, a lot of New York style pizza. When growing up, we didn't use soap or sauna. So now fortunate enough to, uh, I was introduced to it more so uh, and using it every day at Connie Rosso, our wood-fired Neapolitan restaurant. And, uh, yeah. We use it here. We, we have it on a bunch of pies uh, as a special. We, we, we do sell a lot of it. Am I wrong yeah, I'm just thinking put, that, uh, that, that the Sopressata is kind of like the, the, the uh, origina original pepperoni, that pepperoni was kind of modeled on Sopressata, would you say? It is, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'd have to agree with that. I don't know the history of it, but I, I would have to think. You know, we, I would try and explain to people, you know, Sopressata as, as to pepperoni. We would just say it's like, it's like really good pepperoni and a little spice here. <laughs> I didn't know, you know. Uh, not as much fat kind of renders off off of the pie. It gets crispy, and and in our case, with with a longer bacon, these pies, uh, it gets crispy almost like a bacon would, uh, and the flavor kind of trans transforms into something that's uh, that's just fantastic. You know, it's, it's got that little heat too, uh, not too much, but just enough to you know, yeah. so you taste it. So then it just so goes on. in the at this point, or do you do, do you add anything else? So th this would be it on, you know, sauce, okay. cheese, uh, a little and hot soap passata. We put a little parsley on there. When uh, it comes, when we now, the when it comes out, you put it on now. I see it. Okay. Oh, I have it on now a little yeah. bit and a little pecorino romano as well. And then it goes in for a bake about 12 minutes. The nice thing is the crust is already baked. It's par, it's par baked, so you don't have to wait. 20 minutes for it, it was coming out in 12. That was, yeah, initially when, when we when we started talking about doing a square pie, we knew we had to do something with a par bake simply because uh, in the volume that we were doing, we needed something that was a 10, 12, 15 minute, you know, pickup time as opposed to 20, 25. Uh, in New York, growing up in New York, uh, for me, it was like everybody made a Sicilian, but the really good ones were, were a few and far between. You know, we would drive to get them and we'd be like, oh, here for the Sicilian. So I, you know, that was something I always wanted to do was to make a really good Sicilian. And uh, something I, I always worked on. You know, this, this wasn't something I made. Things to do. You, you, I say you can check that off your list of things to do to make a great Sicilian because you now <laughs> won an award, made an award-winning Sicilian. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that's still surreal, like I said, too. And uh do you finish you know, that being said, what, what, with any kind of uh, any anything else after they come out, or is it ready? So to I actually have one here that had just come out. All right, so uh, let me let me cut it first. Okay. And then I'm going to put the post oven toppings on this thing. That's great. The cool. dope soap. If I can get the towel off there, there's a, a pile on the board here where we cut our pies. This is a two square, so we're going to go right into nine with this. Nine squares. It's not as crispy now. This one has been out of the oven for, for a hot minute. Right. Okay. Get a really nice uh, dark caramelization around the edges. Uh, is some of the cheese uh, kind of rolling down the side too and giving you like a frico? Exactly. Uh -huh. I mean, that's the goal. This, this one, maybe not so much. But we try, like I said, we definitely go flush to the end uh, yeah. as yeah. well. So now, like, 
if this was a pickup on the line, like you know, on our expo line, it'd be cut like this, and then we're putting uh, some some whip regatta. We use the Grande brand Sopafina that we season up with some fresh herbs, and uh, it's whipped up, super creamy. So this takes that that spicy sopasada and kind of kind of cools it off a little bit, creates some flavor contrast. For sure, and it actually acts like a like a bed for the hot sopasada marmalade that I'm going to oh, be putting that's on here. Great. So this is we get a close up on this. Well, we make a jam there. There are some red onions, some some roasted jalapenos in there as well to give it more of a jam consistency. Besides the sugar, a little sherry vinegar. Uh, you I'm just going to put this. You make that, Lee. Is it like a long, slow cook? Sopasada, uh, the marmalade takes yeah. takes yeah, about twenty five minutes, I would say. Oh, okay, that's uh, yeah. we, we have to render some of the fat off initially. Uh, otherwise, it it you know you'll have a lot of fat kind of on the top. Uh, so that, after so it cools. So in addition to the onions, everything there's some there's some chopped sopasada in this marmalade. Oh, it's. Yeah, this is all Soprasada right there. Oh, my God. All those, all those red chunks. <laughs> what do you think, Brian? That's like Soprasada on top of Soprasada. I've had it. It's, it's really good. Yeah, and it looks awesome. Put a little, little fresh basil because yeah. <laughs> we love basil. Uh, and it kind of makes, makes this pie pop a little bit with the white and the red yeah. and, the, yeah. and the green yeah, the on there. Green. Yeah. And that's it. We don't put any extra Parmesan on post oven. Uh, it's just a simple ravata, sopasada jam, and basil. And, and, and this is the, the pie. Cup. Is this the pie you won the uh, Caputo Cup with? It is. This was wow. the uh, the winning pie. The, the, winning the dope pie. soap. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was uh, just an amazing experience going going there and competing and. Uh, Lee, would you do one more okay, th favor for me before we run out of time? Could you hold up a, uh, a square and show us kind of the the structure of the of the dough itself? Absolutely. Well, I got one here. I got the dope soap as well. There uh, we go. I mean, you could see. Let's see. This one actually is better here. Because this is an area with with Sicilians, I think, where there's a lot of different opinions about how tight or open the the crust would be. There seems to be movement. It's hard right to now. see because this one has kind of like sunk that. in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, like almost like a ciabatta. And and there's and then in the old style, I think the way that I remember, like an L and B spumoni, it's a very tight, uh, you know, almost just almost like cream of wheat, you know, structure. Um, and so there's a, a full range of structures. But right now, it seems like it's hard to see with the there, there you go. With Beautiful. a lot, of, with a lot of the cuts, the cheese and sauce kind of sunk on and was was masking the crumb yeah. on it. But still, uh, not not like super open crumb. It's a lot of air. You know, a hydrate, yes, all air, and uh, you know our, our dough is hydrated about 65 percent. Uh, it's not super high hydration, but uh, but a long fermentation. You do overnight fermentation at room temperature, which is amazing. So yeah, talking about twelve hours or so. Rather than pushing it in a proofing box, which we do sometimes, I mean, you know, shit happens, so to speak. So it's like uh, sometimes if we've gone through that many and we have to stretch them in the morning and we want to have them ready by the afternoon, we'll put it in a proofer like I have here. We have some garlic knots in there now. Uh, we run the proofer at about 105 degrees, uh, high humidity, and just let it, it, you know, let the yeast activate and, and flourish like that. But it's... Uh, you know, doing it overnight with that slow rise overnight, 
uh, enables us to, number one, not cook them premature. Uh, some of the guys, uh, you know, if we're in a rush or you're going into dinner time, you got to get them cooked off. It just enables us. And some mornings we come in and they're, they're not ready. And we'll wait till 10, 30, 11 o'clock to bake them before we open. So, uh, but yeah, it works out really well for us, taking advantage of the clock that way. Well, what I love seeing is, uh, as we've been doing more and more of these episodes of Pizza Talk, you know, we're seeing so many different ways that people approach their doughs. Uh, and they all work to, you know, everyone gets there in a different way. Uh, and now that you, you're showing us a whole new technique that I'm loving, and the nice thing to know is that this technique is not only new, but it was recognized, you know, at the Caputo Cup as the, the gold medal winner. So I think, which usually means that a lot of other pizzerias are going to start to, you know, try to uh, implement and copy some of these techniques that they're learning here today. So Lee Huntinger, uh, thank you so much for, uh, you. for being with us, for being with us on, on Pizza Talk and for showing us your Stromboli, for showing us your Sicilian. Brian Spangler, thank you for bringing Lee to us and for your work up at A Piece of Shoals. And uh, we want to get you back. We'll have you back in the future. And Love uh, congratulations on everything you've done. Best of success thank you so much, Peter. In, this, in this navigating through the COVID era and, uh, and for everything you guys are doing down in Texas. Um, we'll see you hopefully on another episode of Pizza Talk, Lee. And thanks for being with us today. I hope so. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Brian. Love you, brother. Love you, bro. Pizza Quest is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.